The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Y'all don't look excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. Parental discretion is advised. You got it? Oh, God. Jesus! Say what you say. I'm mic'd up, so you can hear it. We'll play it back later. Have some fucking loot. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. I got milk, baby. Yo, I got one more little tip before you. I'll bring it to you here. You don't need 20 announcers to analyze what's going on. Because I assure you, and I don't mean to be arrogant, it's a fact. None of them know what I know about boxing. Awesome. Yeah, it's, he's two different people. He pretends to be a nice guy, but he, he's not. He's an asshole. That's what he is. He pretends to be a nice guy. And, oh, yes, I'm, I'm just looking for the fun. I'm happy. And then, but in another place, he talk a lot of shit. That's, it is what it is. Just be a man and say what you say. Say what you say, boxing podcast, special edition. Marquise Johns here, guys. Earlier this week, I had a chance to catch up with Sherry Abassi, who spoke with me from the UK about his experience flying into Vegas for fight week for Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence Jr. Big time uh, Crawford fan. I talked to him about his experience starting at the weigh-in in the heat, of course, the fight, and where is he, of course, ranked at the end of the day. Trust me, I picked Spence to win the fight. Kyle will be back here to remind me about that sometime the next time we record and sit down and do that. Until then, as always, follow me at Week Sauce Radio, the show at SYWS Boxing, and Kyle about the Bills Mafia at K-A-Y-J-A-Y-S-A on the old tweet deck. But without further delay, I present to you my conversation with Sherry Abassi. Say what you say, boxing podcast rolls on. Wanted to get to in touch with someone who was actually live at the event. Me and Kyle were actually sitting at home watching it on pay-per-view.com, which every, anyone who paid money for it should have done. Instead, I'm talking to someone who, who actually was there, ringside uh, media event, was there for the whole experience, heat, weather, and all. Want to get to his experience, talking about, about that from top to finish. I am joined by a man who I've seen actually personally in his co- coverage actually working for Fight Hub. He's been on boxing scene everywhere else. I am talking to none other than Sherry Abassi. Sherry, thanks for joining me on Say What You Say, man. How you doing? Marcus, thank you for having me, bro. I really appreciate you reaching out, and uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely, man. You know what? I, it's, it's how I got into the business myself, man. People was, you know, you got to put your name out there, and people was like, hey, I want to talk boxing, and that's how people have reached out to me in the first place. I, it started like, at one point, I talked to Radio South Africa now because of it, and someone, Ren, was talking to me on a bunch of, like, AM, like, sports radio stations out of Sacramento. It's, it's just how you got to do it, man. You just got to put your name out there and say, who? Who wants to talk boxing? It's just how it's done, man. That's it. Ultimately, we're all fans of the sport, so it's just a matter of reaching out to each other and speaking, and that's how you make the, the network and the link, isn't it? So it's amazing. Love talking Absolutely, boxing. Absolutely, man. Oh, no, man, it's going to be a good time, man. I appreciate it. But no, first things first, but I want to get your first uh, take on this, man. Uh, what was more shocking just in general, just looking back on it, because it's been a week now as we're recording this, Terrence Crawford's mm. performance in the ring or Dillian White as a recording is filling a, another drug test a, a week before his fight? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I... I'm a massive Terence Crawford fan, just as a boxing fan, out-and-out boxing fan. And I always yes. thought he'd beat Errol Spence. And I did genuinely think he was going to stop him. But to actually be there to witness the way he did it, that was something else. So that, that was amazing. I'm not too shocked at Dylan White failing because this is actually the fourth time he's failed a drug test in his career. He failed once in kickboxing and then he's failed three times as a boxer. So for me, it's not shocking. But again, Marcus, I'll be honest with you, I've actually got tickets to the Anthony Joshua fight. So I actually paid to go watch this fight coming up and now it's been cancelled. So I'm just waiting to see. I'm just waiting to see if they're going to announce a replacement opponent. If it's someone decent, I'll go watch it. If not, 
I'll have to get a refund. <laughs> we'll see. The names they floated, the names they floated out there. And you know what? Whenever big fights like this happen and people drop out, the usual suspects pop out of the works. I saw I saw Andy Louise pop out, of course. I don't think we're getting that third fight next weekend, guys. No. But I want to ask, I want to ask you the names they float out there. They mentioned Hergovic on short notice. And uh, somebody else, I, I, it just didn't sound realistic to me. I I float as I always when there's a, a fight that gets canceled as a heavyweight involved that Kevin Johnson is always on standby because he always <laughs> seems to make his way on these cards. So yeah, exactly. Sure. Anthony Joshua already, already knocked him out eight years ago, so I doubt he's going to fight him again. <laughs> I don't know. We were getting Dillian White. We're getting the Dillian White rematch. We may. That's true. Well, that's, true. Yeah. Cook. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. No, but I, I I just hope that I hope that fight actually does. All joking aside, you paid money. I hope I hope that fight actually goes through, and it, or at least if anything else, the uh, IFL live stuff goes through with the dinner and stuff. That looked like a yeah, yeah, yeah. like a fun ticket actually. That looked like a fun time. All Good lineup, aside, but mm. yeah, it looked pretty solid. But no, I'll, I'll back to business, the serious business here, man. Uh, you were since you were here for, uh, from from uh, start to finish regarding Crawford Spencer seeing it live. There was a lot of chaos there uh, on Friday before the weigh in, in in and around the ring and nuts nuts in the nutshell. When I was out there for Fury Wilder 3, I, I can tell you, granted, it was in October, and the different degree was about six degrees difference. Hot is hot, man. And I was I was dying a short death just walking around from just where the MGM Grand was for the press conference, just to the Cosmopolitan. And for those who don't want to Google map that, that's probably point three miles. So needless to say, it's not far. I need to hit the no, gym. No. I need to hit the gym, but it was hot <laughs> enough. But is that the reason I want the wrong long story short, Sherry? Was is that the reason you think that all the chaos and the physicals were happening but between uh Caleb Plant and Charlo outside in the Wayans and everybody else? Well, you assume that the, the, the heat obviously wasn't wasn't helping people. You know, patience is short. You know, a lot, a lot of people yeah. there, there was difficulty even out standing outside to get into the weigh-ins. There were people who, who fainted and had to get wheelchairs and taken away. So it was actually crazy oh, heat. Wow. So it de- definitely doesn't help. But I, I don't know if you read online. It was said that J- uh, Jamal was actually uh, playing with um, Caleb Plant's beard, pulling his beard hair a few times and provoking him. Oh. And then eventually Caleb oh, slapped him. That's what was on camera. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you can't do that, man. I'm talking to you, Sherry. You have a beer yourself, man. Is that is that is that go time? Is that go time? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm not as aggressive as these boxers. You know what they're like. They're, they have a very small fuse. Once they lose it, that's it. But unfortunately yeah, no. for them, I mean, it, it wasn't a good look, was it really, for, for Caleb to do that? But we don't know what happened beforehand. So uh, it was a bit crazy on Friday. There's a lot of, a lot of things no. going on, a lot of fights. No, it it looked it looked nuts, man. But it looked like a fun time just in general because just the atmosphere in general. Because I've never seen it that big and chaotic in terms of just for weigh-ins. I like the, the yeah. closest I've seen it in just in pictures and wise was uh, for a Canelo Triple G three. But that was also a holiday weekend, and there's, there's they they bust people in there. They don't want to talk yeah. about that. But it, it's another thing for another day. But it, it, it did look like it looked like a fun time as a whole, man. It, was that was that way you you ever just hanging out there despite it being hot as all get out? Oh, 100%. I mean, it was my first trip to America, number one. Number two, first time I, I, you know, I managed to get to Vegas for a fight. Uh, but I did say to myself, if this fight ever gets made, I've got to get there. This is you know, history, legacy, welterweight, supremacy, undisputed championship. I had to get there. And in terms of the way, like you said, they actually, they only had one section downstairs open, but it got so busy uh-huh. that they had to open the top section right at the top. And it was full all the way across. So people showed up. Oh, wow. Granted, all the people that came didn't have tickets for the fight. It was open to the public. But even then, for there to be maybe five, six, seven thousand people waiting to get in and, and stand and sit and watch the weigh-in as well. That, that says a lot about the volume of the fight and how important it was to, to boxing fans in general. You know what I mean? It, it was very, very uh, important 
for boxing, I believe. And I, I know the numbers that we're hearing about what, what it did in comparison to Tank and Garcia. Of course, those guys have got the, the casual market and they've got a very big, big following on social media. So that, that was always a bit of a crossover fight. But this is a hardcore boxing fight and to have that many people show up, I, I was impressed and I was very happy as a boxing fan. No, so was I actually. And, and, and another thing too, to piggyback your point with Tank Garcia and uh, Davis in terms of terms of uh, media popularity and whatnot, the promotion leading up to this fight was nothing even close to what Tank and Ryan were doing. Exactly. Like they were, like they it, it was it was a whole different it was a whole different pageantry. These are clearly friends willing to fight here on on, on, yeah. the, on the on the on, on the basis of world race supremacy. Ryan Garcia and, and Tank Garcia Davis, but that was told that was a total different spectacle, and it's it's really. A lot of folks like to do that because I mean it's the same calendar year. I mean, and you, you get the, you get thrown at you all the time. Hey, boxing is boxing, isn't it, Marky? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you gotta fall for it. Gotta fall on that sword. But in terms of just what they were doing, it's a different thing. But in yeah. terms of actually with Garcia Spence as well, man, just leading up to that fight, I want to ask you as well because I want there was one point just watching it live on television, and I, I well we watch the sport. It is what it is with, in terms of these fights, in terms of like, crowds and main event stuff, where it's like. Because people always ask me, it's like, why doesn't anybody show up until the main event of fights? Where it's yeah. like, that's just the way the sport's been conditioned since Jack Johnson and black and white televisions. There's nothing yeah, yeah. way before us. Done, until they changed the, the way the, the, the sport itself is actually pro- programmed and actually presented, which won't happen either. No. We're, we're going to continue getting that. But I want to ask you in general to, to, get, to that, get to my question here when that Sherry was. When did the atmosphere for you pick up in that fight card? Uh, was, it, was, it, was it main event? Was it right around, right around the main event? Shall I be honest with you? The fact that, that yeah. they got very lucky a few weeks before when Nanito Dene got put on the card. When Nanito got put on the card, there was a lot of people actually there. Um, we actually got there just before Nanito's fight as he was doing the ring walk, which for me, nice. again, as someone going to watch a fight in America for the first time, to get a all-time great legend like Nanito Dene being added to the card within a few weeks, that's a blessing in disguise. So you, you, can't, then, great, you can't then not show up for his fight, especially considering it could potentially be his last fight if he loses and stuff. So we made sure we were there. And a lot of people turned up for Nanito's fight. Um, but like you said, it, it, it wasn't you know a full arena by any means. And then a lot of people showed up for the uh, Isak Cruz fight as well, the co-main event. And naturally, it got busier. But the main event, of course, that was the, everyone flew in then and, and started filling out their seats. But it wasn't as empty as maybe other fight cards would have been had Nanito and Isak not been on there because they, they've got a big following, obviously, in, in their own rights as well. Uh, but for me, the, the fact that Nanito was fighting as well, I think it was a lot more people turned up knowing that he's fighting first. Let's get there, watch his fight. And then Isak, Pitbull, Cruz, a lot of Mexican fans turned up for that as well. And then the Spence Crawford, obviously the whole arena was full by then. Yeah, and I wanted to mention that as well because the arena walked out with that. And I think one of the few things, while Earl Spence didn't win the fight pretty much once the bell rang, I think you can give or take the first round, I think. One of the scorecards gave him the first round. I mean, that's whatever. Yeah. It's all academic at this point. But the one thing I did think Earl Spence did win, actually, personally, in my opinion, and, I, and I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, by the way, just being a Detroit resident, uh, yeah. born, and, born and raised for a while. I thought Earl Spence's walkout was leaps and bounds better than what Terrell Scroft had with Eminem doing, actually. Oh, wow. Because he, the guy... <laughs> The guy came out rapping. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me oh, wrong. Okay. Eminem is Eminem. I, yeah. I mean, who who am I to say, like, oh, really, Marquise? But he didn't rap. He just said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, motherfucking Terrence Crawford. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. It's great. Yeah. But, I mean, no lose yourself. No yeah, yeah. rehab. No, no, no. Hi, my name is. No, 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 nothing. Nothing. I mean, at least Earl had a guy, a guy, you know, say he's from Texas, damn it. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. something <laughs> catchy. I mean, that sounds very guy, catchy. and that guy, by the way, that, and that guy's been around for a while. He's, he oh, is. Dude massive how massive is that guy by the way you were there in person <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's a big guy he's a big guy bless him but like you said now there's two things when errol's entrance started 
most arena was singing because they knew who it was and, and you know the, the, the song was catchy um, even we were sort of yeah. bopping along to it as well and we didn't know who he was but we, we, we enjoyed it but the difference is when yeah. when uh, Bud came out the whole atmosphere changed silence in terms of oh shit just got real like it changed everything okay. even the Spence fans were like quiet and just you know in, in awe of Eminem being there and just okay. Bud's whole entrance is attire the fish uh, the, I think yeah, the fishnet on and all those things everyone yeah. sort of took note and thought okay this is this is actually happening now yeah because for all these years we wanted this fight but this is this is the moment it gets real but Bud's walking to the ring and it changed the whole demeanour of you know the stadium just changed basically uh, sorry the arena um, but like you said with the the Errol Spence walkout that was more of a catchy moment everyone was singing along and dancing but it completely changed when Bud came out um, but I'm sure you will catch a lot of heat for that <laughs> either way <laughs> No, I definitely am because Eminem's a, a, a rap pop hall of fame. I'm, exactly. I'm going to get. I'm <laughs> send all hate to say what you say boxing at gmail.com. But nonetheless, <laughs> I'm talking here to a Sherry Abassi. I want to get, get a few moments of women as well in this. Uh, but actually, in terms of the in terms of the performance itself, man, I just walk me through it, man, because it was pretty much eight rounds of, of pretty much. Uh, it was really there's no other way to say but a master class in one Absolutely. way or another. Mm-hmm. Where it's one of those things where, where leading up to the fight, I had Spence going into it just for on my on the show just with my co-host Kyle just for Devil's Advocate thinking, hey, maybe maybe Spence can use his physicality, maybe you know Pressy uses aggression against him, and he sort of did that with the jab in the first round, and then he got clipped in the second round, and then it was all downhill from there. Is that pretty much what you saw when, he, when it happened? Yeah, basically the, the first round, like you said, um, I think based on act- activity, a lot of us scored to Spence. I gave it to Spence as well because I felt like he tried to make something happen. But we know that Bud normally takes the first few rounds just to feel himself into the fight, get the range, and take it from there. But like you said, that second round, as soon as he dropped him, the whole fight sort of turned on its head. And then from there, it was essentially just a... a I, I don't want to be harsh to Errol Spence because he was in the fight and he, tr- he tried so brave. Yeah, um, he kept at it. Yeah, he didn't give up. He kept stepping forward, but the problem is he was stepping forward straight into the jab. He couldn't get his head off the line. He was getting caught yeah. repeatedly. Uh, and, and I think Bud, level, uh, Bud just showed that there's a clear disparity in the levels. Like I, I always said about Spence is that he's a great fighter and he does everything well. Back in the days when everyone used to talk about Tim Bradley, they used to say he's not, he's not an excellent fighter, but he does everything very, very well. And Spence is similar to that, where he does everything very, very well. He's technically sound. He's got a good defense, high guard, keeps it tight. But Bud is special. He's an all-time great talent. He always finds a way to win. He's got different shades, diverse sort of punch selection. Spence's punches are always very straight and crisp. But Bud can hit you from somewhere you, you won't even expect it and you can't see it. And that's what kept happening to Spence. Outside of the jab, obviously, straight into his face, the way he was throwing these hooks and these punches inside, Spence can't deal with that. He's, he's never dealt with anything in his life. So Bud just, just showed a different level that night. And, and I think if the rematch happens, regardless of the 154 and Spence being healthier... Bud's already shown him now. He's shown that there's a disparity in levels. He will also be stronger at that weight class as well. And he's just going to beat him down again, unfortunately. I think Spence is... This guy is just that guy in his career that he won't be able to beat. When it, Sometimes you have a guy who's your boogeyman. He has your number. I think Bud has his number. No, I think so too when you mentioned that. I wanted to piggyback your point as well where you mentioned that he couldn't get his head off the line. The, one of the, I want to say, I want to say it was either the fourth or the fifth round, there was a straight moment where he, where Crawford threw like a looping overhand left that caught Spence clean yeah. where he just could not move or see it. And it was, it was a lot, it was a lot of shots like that where I was just thinking like, man, this is going to be a long night. Exactly. How long is he going to put mm-hmm. up with this? And, and what the, now it's been a week and, and we and we reached a point, especially in terms of uh, social media presence and shenanigans and, and rapid reaction and, and overreaction and underreactions. <laughs> the, it, social media has reached the point where they're they're blaming the trainer on the fight portion of uh, the social media portion, which I always find to be, to be hilarious yeah. considering Derek James, the BWA uh, boxing trainer of the year. 
probably would have been it had Spence won this fight again. Yeah. But, you know, making him like three times in a row. But hey, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's this what it's this what the Internet does. It's hilarious. But I want to get your thought, uh, thoughts on this. Do you take any credence to anything that Derek James was telling him after the fact in the fight uh, leading up to it? Any advice beforehand or anything in the post fight saying like, hey, stick the jab out? Because the one thing that he, James was trying to enforce on in the fight because on the that you probably didn't see in real time because you, you were there alive, not hearing mm. you know, Morrow and Al Bernstein the game. Yeah. So is he was trying to dare Spence was trying he was trying to get Spence to enforce the jab, yeah. which is one thing that by about the fifth round, you might was just no. forget mm. it. But that was one thing that he was one pressing. The one question I do want to ask him is this regards to what Derek Derek James does. Because I, I thought Derek James did what he could with Spence on yeah. that fight. That 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 fight was gonna play out one way or never the way that's because Derek James wasn't gonna get in the ring and fight exactly fight for mm. Spence. That's why that's why it's called Spence Crawford, not Crawford yeah. James. So having ha- having said all of that, do you think Derrick James would have been able to do anything differently uh, preparation-wise for Spence leading into this fight preparing for this? Or do you think this is what, what we would have gotten one way or another? I think, like, like you said, Marcus, it, it's more to do with the fact that he, it's who he's fighting more than Spence. Spence, we've seen, he fights a certain yeah. way. And fighting against Bud, who's got so many tools in his arsenal and, and he can find a way to nullify everything or, or, or switch it on his head... How can Spence compete with that? He's not. I'm not saying Spence hasn't got a good IQ because he's got he's got a good IQ. He can box. He's an elite level guy. But Bud is just that extra yeah. that extra level. Um, he's got that instinct. It's like he sees everything in slow motion. Um, before Spence was even throwing punches, Bud was already stepping back a little bit, getting that bit of distance, and he was ready to throw his counters. I, I don't know if you remember in um, in round seven when he dropped him off the ropes. Uh, he, he caught a punch. And yes. it was a counter, what is it called? A catch and counter, literally, boom. He caught the punch, hit Spencer, dropped him. And then the same thing in round nine, the whole sequence of events that led to the stoppage. He was a catch and counter, caught the punch, bam, straight out of the temple, rocked him, and then he finished that was, him. That was, yeah, now, now was the shot that, 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 that Harvey Doc saw. Yeah. When Doc saw that to get like the four to four team time, that's when he was going to call yeah. it off. Because I will give Harvey Doc credit because he, let, he for the most part, let the fight go, essentially, which is normally which actually for Harvey Doc is not really his thing, by yeah. the way. I was actually kind of impressed on that. He's more of a, he's more of a, he's not like a Kenny Bayless kind of like, hey, make it yeah, break yeah, in the yeah. fight kind of thing, but he's, he, he, he gets yeah. in there. It's, it's what he does. But but just in terms of the distant fights, and you, meant, you mentioned earlier about the rematch and how they may have this ab- again as well. I'm I th- I'm thinking as well, conspiracy theory-wise, that I think, we're, I think we're, we're going to get this rematch immediately. And I also do think we're also going to get it at 154. Yeah. All all. all it's the way the way everyone's talking. It all, if all it takes is money for it to happen, then they'll they'll find a zero somewhere and keep it yeah. moving. So, do you do you really honestly? Because how soon? Uh, let me ask you. This, let me ask you a better question instead of that. Because I, I obviously I think we're getting this rematch. Mm. What can Errol Spence do differently to prepare for this rematch? That's going to make a different result. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I wish I could say something that would help Errol uh, um, Spence. You know, to to make it a more competitive fight. I don't think you can do anything. And that sounds really bad yeah. because he's an elite yeah. fighter, he's an athlete. You know, surely there's many trainers out there who will say, oh, do this, do this, do this. But I think as soon as they get back in that ring, especially when you have a, a top-level rematch, it usually goes straight into round 13 of whatever happened in the last fight. It's, it's a very difficult thing where the, the fighter who lost can turn it around. Of course, it's, it's happened in history, but it's one of those things where if you've lost so decisively, usually what happens is as soon as you get hit again in the rematch, you just revert back to that moment, like Wilder and Fury. Um, yeah. In the second fight, Tyson Fury annihilated him. Now, the third fight ended up being you know, an all-time great heavyweight clash, but Wilder started off round one very, very well, jabbing to the body, jabbing to the body. And the last three seconds, Fury caught him with a big right hand and the bell went, and Wilder's whole demeanor changed. And Fury said before the fight, as soon as I hit him, it doesn't matter what he's been doing the last year and a half, as soon as I hit him, it's going to take him back to what happened in the second fight. So it's all psychological. 
I think Ewell Spence will back himself. We know he's got heart. We know he's, he's a dog and, and he will go in there and, and try and do his best. And that 154, the exercise, the extra energy, that will make it more competitive for for some time. But Bud is still too good. He's going to be stronger as well. He'll be more comfortable out that way as well. And I think it's just going to go the same way and, and it will be a late stoppage again. Maybe a decision, but I'd back Bud to stop him again because he's already done it. He's just got to do it again. No, I think it's, it's going to be the same result we're getting the last time around yeah. this year, because it, it was one of those fights where it was pretty decisive. This, it, it, it would be different if this was one of those like back and forth kind of affairs, yeah. like a like a, a, a great example, like they always use like 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 a progress yes. Taylor, something like that, where it's like a back like and forth. flow kind mm. of thing, where you can like you could coin flip. But no, this was pretty much seven. I think the cards had it pretty much seven to one at the time of the stoppage, and I don't think we're going to get anything outside of that one way or another. But it's just, it just shows just the levels of Bud Crawford. But I'm just glad we actually yeah. got this fight, Jerry, more than anything else, man, because this was a fight that, as long as I've been covering boxing, was one of the first fights that was listed on the list of fights that we needed to get. It was the, the list went literally as follows. Canelo Triple yeah. G3, Manny Pacquiao Mayweather <laughs> 2, Spence yeah. Crawford. I mean, two. We, 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 I got in two out of those three. I don't think that third one's going to happen until the Champions uh, yeah. circuit. So until then... It, it, it's okay, or the, or, or I'm sorry, the uh, exhibition, exhibition match, circuit. Yeah. Some of the, it, it's going. It, that, Surely they make a lot of money. Way or never, whatever. It's 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 boxing. I'm surprised. I'm honestly, sure. Yeah, I'm surprised, honestly, just thinking about it. I'm surprised Tyson hasn't got back. I'm sorry, Tyson hasn't got back into the ring yet. Truth be told, we see we see yeah. Roy Jones do it. So I'm surprised. Ty, yeah, I'm surprised Tyson hasn't done it. It's just one of those sports, man. But let me get you out on this, man, because I really thought this fight was really. Something of the mm. ages in terms of fights that you've seen this in your lifetime, man. You flew in from the UK to it, man. So obviously you're going to be a little biased in terms of how yeah. great it was. Obviously, it's, it may be the greatest thing of your lifetime. But just in terms of just uh, boxing magnitudes of things you've covered so far, how amazing was this in fight? Just putting it in perspective. Oh man, of course, like you said, because it was the first time I actually flown out to Vegas, first trip to America. Everything, everything yeah. sort of combined. I mean, after the fight, so Saturday morning through till Monday night when I actually came back, I didn't sleep so for three days. I was awake. Yeah, oh, uh, I was just awake. Man. We went to like a club, and then we were out the next day. And I spent three out of the four days at Mayweather's uh, Mayweather Boxing Club because I've got a friend who who is signed oh, to nice. TMT and he fights in. So he's training. So he invited me down. Keith Thurman actually came with us as well. So I spent a bit of time with Keith. Uh, got to meet a lot of young up and coming boxers at the training. That uh, uh, Jeff Mayweather and a few other trainers there. So for me, it was like as a as a boxing okay. fan, I got to experience from that. I would never have got to experience over here. It's, it's once in a lifetime sort of thing. Um, so for me, the whole experience, like you, like you nice. said, that is the experience of a lifetime for me. I don't think that's ever going to be topped. And because it was a fight that I always said, if that fight gets made, I've got to get to America for it. So for me, the, the fact that we managed to tick that off and it also, the history that was involved, because the rematch, if it's that 154, there won't be any titles on the line. This is just a matter of ticking the contract off that they've had the rematch. There's no title on the line. There's no real jeopardy for the division. Just these two getting that rematch out of the way due to the contract. But yes, like you said, Marquis, I'm biased. This was the, the the experience of a lifetime for me. Um, but if you're going to ask me what other fights that you know over the years do I have a memory of in terms of the, the grand occasion, yeah, magnitude. magnitude. As a as someone in the yeah. UK, Joshua Klitschko had the whole country shut down. The heavyweight the heavyweight championship okay. Wembley, ninety thousand fans. The whole country was just shut down. That was massive. Um, and then obviously okay. that fight made Joshua a superstar. So all those things sort of tied in to the sort of last 10 years of boxing in the UK being on the, on the up. Obviously now I'd say it's on a down, but that led to the, the initial spike and then Tyson Fury came back and everything went up from there as well. So Joshua Kitschko for me as a UK boxing fan, even though that, that had an impact for the whole world yeah. because it happened in the UK, that was massive. But Spence Crawford is, is my, the highlight of my, my life boxing wise. 
Oh no, I can't, I can't, can't trust you on that, man. Mine personally, just because I was out, I went there and covered myself was Fury yeah, Water Free because that second oh, and third round man. was just one of the craziest stuff that I've ever crazy. seen in my life, man. Where it's like I. It's it's default to one of those fights where it's like people always ask me it's like, hey, what's a model oh, yeah. fight you show people? Because we're getting, I'm, I'm getting yeah. old now. Because like, we're we're getting to that age where it's like I can't I can't just start pulling up you know the old YouTube footage of like you know uh the old black and white you know Jack Jack Lamotta fights or, or Jake Lamotta nonsense or the old uh Hagler no. Burns at this point where it's like you know all those are just VHS yeah. footage. You got to give them some little more something in age HD. something in HD. Yeah. So Fury Water Three has replaced it a lot for a lot of these people. Where where before people was like, oh, get uh, Manny pa- May- Mayweather Pacquiao, which honestly, if you if you if you watch the fight back at the time in 2015 it mm. was a boring fight i don't care what people tell you yeah. it was a boring fight looking back on it, it it was a little more interesting looking back on it, just being a yeah, better yeah. boxing fan now <laughs> fight but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is what it is <laughs> but sherry man what did you tell this man where can people follow you on the old social media decks man i found you is it still sherry abassi uh, 93 is that where i found you yeah correct everything that uh, for twitter and instagram that that is the same one i used Nice. All right. So Sherry Abassi, uh, I'll spell it up for everybody because it's the internet. No one knows how to you know, listen in this day and age. <laughs> S-H-E-R-R-Y-A-B-B-A-S-I, nine and number three. Sherry, thank you so much for doing the show, man. I appreciate you so much, man. We got to do this again. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I'll speak to you soon. Definitely. Thank you. Say what you say.